What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you're tuned in to Kinda Neat. Thank you guys again for tuning in. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at It's Intuition. You can follow my man behind the boards, Ben Shim, making the shit sound buttery at I Am Database, based with two S's. He didn't tweet enough. Tweet at Ben and tell him to tweet more. You know what you should do, Ben, is start tweeting fucking mastering shit. You should start tweeting stuff about mixing and mastering because you're very talented at that and people will follow you anyway that is my inspirational advice for ben today you can follow us on instagram at the same shit at its intuition at i am database i don't usually shout out our instagrams but i'm out there just putting on the the fire in the photo world so fuck with your boy youtube.com slash that's kind of neat facebook.com slash kind of neat and subscribe to us on the podcast app download that podcast app onto your phone search for kind of neat and download it leave a review leave a five-star rating tell us just how handsome we are tell us how buttery the mixes sound who you want to hear on the show etc etc this week on the show we have nova rockefeller and it was a fun conversation but kind of dark it was kind of a dark a little bit depressing conversation but i liked it and we laugh at depression a lot which is good sometimes you just gotta laugh at your problems and it's cool uh, the way that i kind of got her on the show i did uh this guy jensen carp's podcast called get up on this uh if you guys are podcast fans and looking for new ones to get into uh, or ones that you might not have heard of check out the get up on this podcast i had a really great time doing it it's my first kind of like podcast experience outside of doing my own and i and it was just awesome and it's similar to this show they try to put people up onto new music and with them they also do tv fashion movies whatever so you can learn about a lot of the cool new shit before other people do on that show and so yeah jensen manages nova rockefeller and i've been hearing about her since like the myspace days i feel like i i just uh i remember seeing music videos of hers from a long time ago and thinking like oh yeah she's cool she's got a little something so i was excited to have her on the show what has been going on in my life? I've been traveling still so much. Now that the record has been released and I'm not like, um, you know, I feel like a weight off my shoulder with that. I've just been working a ton and we've been traveling so much and been super busy this year. So I think on the last podcast, I told you guys I was heading to Park City, Utah, and I did get to go fly fishing. It was amazing. We had a three o'clock flight on a Saturday. So we woke up at six and we're out there fishing by 730. It was great. It was my first time fly fishing. You know, people are like, oh, wait, you're from Alaska. Why haven't you fly fished? For one, I'm not a huge outdoor guy, or at least I wasn't when I was in Alaska. I, I would say I'm more outdoorsy than the average uh, Los Angelino, but compared to most Alaskans, not very outdoorsy. With that being said, in Alaska, people don't really fly fish that much because in order to fly fish, you have to have a somewhat shallow stream that, uh, you know, perhaps knee deep to waist deep water that you can stand in. That's like not extremely violent to where the water is going to suck you down river. And in Alaska, most of our rivers are pretty violent and pretty deep and cold. So like not a lot of people fly fish. They usually put a nice weight on the hook and have a bobber and or whatever, you know, you know, my brother's super outdoorsy and he's never fly fish. So who knows? I could be wrong about this. There's probably some fly fishing fucking expert out there that's going to be like no bro people fly fish all the time in alaska but it wasn't my experience anyways we go there and it was tight dude you pay this guy a nominal fee and he picks you up takes you out to a beautiful scenic river out there in provo utah and uh 
brings waders, brings boots, brings uh, fly fishing poles, brings drinks, all kinds of shit. All you got to do is show up and then they teach you how to fly fish. And it was fucking amazing. It was so relaxing and just great to hike through nature. And I caught two fish. One of them was of average size. One of them was a little baby. And I felt guilty about catching that little baby. But the, the brown trout, they put up a good fight and it was a blast. And then, uh, yeah, so we fished from like 730 until about noon and then drove back and made it to the airport. And I just thought, wow, technology is so crazy. Like this morning we were out roughing it in the little quote unquote roughing it in the wilderness. And here we are, you know, six hours later back in Southern California, stuck in traffic, like so crazy. I don't know. Also, we had a blast this week shooting. Uh, we shot big boy, which was really cool. Big boy from outcast. And it's crazy like to get to kind of shoot people that were heroes and idols growing up. You know, I loved outcast growing up and, and, uh, it was just really great that he was a fucking cool dude because sometimes celebrities can be fucking douchebags. But yeah, Dom and I were lucky enough to get hired to shoot him and he was fucking cool as shit. And both of us were like, you know, trying to fight off our starstruckness. And that's kind of the, the quality of our crew is that we're, we're a personality crew. Like we do our job and take great photos and, and get the job done. But really the reason that people want to work with us because we're funny and we try to make people feel comfortable. And so, you know, on set with big boy, he was mad comfortable and we were cracking jokes and he was having a good time and we're familiar with his music and he could tell that like you know he could tell that we're like not some squares shooting him and then also i put on this like rap mix actually it was the my, i put on the my favorite rap songs of 2013 mix and uh right when hannah montana came on he's like oh shit who put on hannah montana like he was very excited about that uh which is great because uh you know he was vibing to every song and like knew all the words to everything and the cool shit is the songs that he wasn't familiar with like uh spark master tape and then eventually open mike eagle came on he was actually asking like oh wait who's these who, who is this who's this and like I had on um, the grassy picture day, which he performed on kind of neat, which is one of my favorite tracks of his in recent memory. And uh, by the end of it, big boy was like, oh, wait, who's that? And I was like, oh, you know, it's my homie, Mike, some real L.A. underground shit. Da, 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 da. And he's like, oh, OK, OK. Yeah, man. Oh, it's picture day. It's picture day. Like he knew it was he like knew some of the words by the end. It was and it was very exciting. Uh, and I texted Mike and said, yo, man, big boy was like, fuck it with your song. It was really tight. So that was an exciting thing to shoot big boy. Every once in a while, we get to shoot some people that we also shot like Colin Kaepernick that day, which is like, I don't watch football, but I guess he's a big football dude. And he was cool, too. So, yeah, anyways, that's what I've been up to. Tweet at us. Tell us what you've been up to. Tell us what you're liking and disliking about the show. Tell us who you want to see on the show. Fuck with us. Oh, yeah, we finally, dude, we finally broke a thousand Twitter followers. Like, I feel so fucking official now. I feel like it's pretty hard to get a podcast Twitter to, like, break a thousand. And now that we have, man, geez, I just want to buy all of you guys a burrito or a cupcake, but don't hold me to that because I probably don't have enough money to buy all thousand of you a burrito. But... Yeah, we did that. Thank you. So remember to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend that you listen to a cool podcast and that they should join in because the chances are if you're hearing this, you probably have another friend who also likes weird music and and banter and they might like it too. So, yeah. Let's get into the conversation with Nova Rockefeller. She is a Canadian from Edmonton who has recently become an, a Los Angeles transplant. She's been grinding with the music stuff for quite a while. She was saying 10 years. She's, she's been rapping since she was probably 15. And uh, yeah, I've been seeing her on the internet forever. And uh, she's been working with some friends. I, I, I've been seeing Elvin, DJ Nobody. I've been seeing DJ Nobody post pictures of working with her on uh, his Instagram and stuff. And so, and I was like, oh wait, I should have her on the show. I've been knowing about her for 
forever. And I don't know if I ever finished my story, but Jensen Carp, yeah, manages her. And so when I did his podcast, I was like, oh, yeah, we should have her on the show. And it was just kind of serendipitous. That brings my intro full 360. So without further ado, let's get into our podcast with Nova Rockefeller. You're from Canada, right? Canada. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Canada. That's what I meant. Today's Canada Day. No, it's tomorrow. Oh, happy! I'm really excited about Canada Day. Why? What do people do? I don't How know. do people celebrate? Is that like our July Fourth? Yeah. Ah. Like, I just I get Canadian beer and like it's a real waste of a day. But I'm just gonna do lots of Canada things. When I was a uh, freshman in college, all the uh, hockey players at my school were Canadian dudes, and um, hockey players are generally pretty badass. But the Canadian guys were super fucking nice. And one time, uh, this guy had on a shirt that said "Canadian beer kicks ass." And this is in the late '90s when shirts it's like, like twice that twice as like strong weren't quite as douchey. And so I was like, I really like that shirt. And he's like. He's like, bro, take it here. Just pull it off my back. You can have it. And he just gave me the shirt off his back, literally. Well, that's good because, like, in Canada, usually, like, people are, like, just really stoked about beer or they're just trying to, like, fist fight you. Yeah, so thankfully they I weren't trying gone. to fist fight me because, like, I, I definitely would have gotten my ass with <laughs> um, Did you go to the uh, King of the Dot battle thing the other day? No, I didn't know it was here. Yeah, they, they don't w- hit me up anymore. We used to be friends, but I feel like I just fell off under a rock. Oh, okay. I, was I a- used to be really involved with King of the Dot. I, was, I like, tried to start the king of the dot thing in like my city and like what I city was, was that in edmonton uh, it okay. didn't happen but i was like one of the i was like one of the first set of judges on the whole like west coast of canada and then when i went up to toronto i would like go to every single one i would be time girl when i had to and like judge battles and like do all that stuff those guys are dope when they came out to new york we got hammered but in edmonton when i threw um the king of the dot battle the whole thing went amazingly yeah and freaking the battles were just dope and then like people are just so fucking starving out there it's disgusting like one of my really good friends at the end of the whole like at the beginning of the battle he comes up to me and he's like i'm really sorry in advance and he'd like the night before was at my house like i bought him fucking snacks because he's broke and then he spent the whole battle like just like fucking going in on me while i'm on camera and i'm just like ugh, this is just gross like the whole thing made me feel just bad for him going in on you for what he thought it was like a change my life moment like, he spent his all three of his rounds, like, just, oh. like, talking shit to me. It took every fiber of my being to not just hit him. So during his battle, he starts tr- basically ghost battling you. Yeah. Well, that sounds silly. It was really, really weird. I felt really, really awkward for him because, like, you know, like, when people come up to you on, like, some change my life shit, he really, like, legit thought it was, like, his change my life moment. But, like, the King of the Dot dudes are my friends and, uh. like... Like we deleted it. He thought calling you out was going to go viral or something. Yeah, but it didn't even get put out. (laughs) Oh, look at you! What a what a douchebag in hindsight that guy is. Right, ruined it for everybody. I was trying to do something for my city because everyone's like my city, and now I just fuck my city. Oh, don't say fuck your city. That's mean. You want to put your city on your back, you know? I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah, that's funny. Small world. My friend, one of my best friends, uh, the guy who does all my music videos, he does all the filming for King of the Dead. Who? Avocado, the big buff dude. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I was asking if you were there because like a huge fight broke out. And like, Shut up! Who got in a fight? Uh, uh, disa- this feels like gossip hour. Yeah, now. disaster punched Math Hoffa in the face really hard. Dude, I saw a tweet about that, and yeah. I thought it was a joke. And I was like, I don't understand this joke because he's like 
disaster punched mass. I was like, is this like new slang? No, there was like a lot of, uh, there's a lot of video footage of it. And, and I got to say, Diz got a very uh, solid connected punch on his jaw. We have to know disaster is going to punch someone eventually. He's yeah. a very angry he's, individual. Yeah, he's, he's been kind of on the verge for a while now. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I've known that dude for a long time. Disaster. Like he was in the battle scene back in the mid two thousands here. So yeah, you're from Edmonton, Canada. What's up with Edmonton? Oh, it's cool. Where is that? Uh, Americans don't know geography, so you said it's on the it's west right coast? It's right above Montana. Oh, okay. So, yeah. like, you can imagine really what it's like. It's like cowboy stuff. Yeah. Hockey must be huge there. Ugh, can we talk about anything other than Edmonton? I mean, I love Edmonton. I really miss my family. I want to go see my family, but, yeah. like, it just bothers me. Being there makes me angry. Like, as I, like, I'm, like, super excited to go back, and I'm like, yeah, Edmonton, and then as I'm flying in, I just get... Angry. I think that's a small town thing in general because it's the same thing. It's not thing a small town. There's like over a million people that live there. Mm. It's just like I busted my ass there. Like I worked really, really hard there, and like there, I got a lot of flack from like all the fucking other rappers. Like the whole local scene hates me, and I hate them too. So like every time I go back, I just show up to local shows. And is there a big local scene there? It's not big. It's like there's probably about. 200 rappers in all so like 200 that's a shitload that's not that many that seems like a lot oh it's it's really not that well because then right after edmonton i moved to toronto and there's like like five thousand rappers in toronto wow i don't know these are probably terrible numbers rap rap is a terrible uh, epidemic in fucking canada (laughs) we have to stop it yeah you guys need to have like rap rehab (laughs) too many rappers rap hab is that yeah there you go were you uh, like a ham as a child? Were you very like, uh, look at me, fat? look at me? No, no, not not fat. Like, ham, <laughs> was, like an attention seeker. Were, were, like, was the entertainment no, thing a anything, surprise to your parents? Okay, well, I found a list that I made when I was a child. Yeah. And the first thing that I wanted to be was a graphic designer, like web designer. Yeah. The second thing I wanted to be was a singer. And the third thing I wanted to be was a lawyer. That's so strange that you wanted to be a web designer as a child. That like really ages me because the <laughs> internet didn't get invented until I was like I will, 14. At the age of like... 12 i was already designing web page i'm 25 everyone thinks i'm like way younger but 25 years old so at 12 i was doing like web design and stuff like that and i really really just like loved the internet (laughs) yeah and then like music was like a second for me i wasn't an attention seeker i think i'm unintentionally loud i was like the chubby kid so i stood out a loud voice i'll say that i know it just it doesn't feel like it's real unless i'm yelling okay and then uh i just wore like giant oversized like mickey mouse t-shirts and tights every single day of my life so i really really stood out but not in like a good way never in a good way because then in grade like five we moved to jamaica and then i was obviously the only white girl in school why did you guys move to jamaica my parents thought it was awesome they they loved water sports like they loved scuba diving both my parents are certified dive masters and like we're working on becoming instructors Mm -hmm. and uh they took me like they would take me down there for six months a year yeah like all the time so it was awesome because i got to go spend like half of a year on a resort but then i came back to school and i was like the super weird kid and i couldn't like keep friendships because like yeah. all my friends would come for like two weeks and, and then no, no one and no one would understand your patois <laughs> yeah uh, no. so what were, your, what were your parents doing in edmonton i think that's just like generation on generation on yeah just old generation school, old school white people so then how do they get into scuba diving if they're in the middle like montana i don't know, they, I don't like there's know. Fucking oceans near montana you i don't know, know but i think they love scuba diving like i love laser tag so i understand that okay like you just have to do it right right what age did you start going to jamaica oh from about two and a half i was the first time i was there was when i was two uh-huh. and then we went there until about grade four so however long that is and then grade five we moved there 
Like year round, you were there for the entire no, time? No, no, six months of the six year. Mo- and then you so were- they'd take me for like Easter, except my Easter break would be like a month long. Yeah. And then they'd take me for like summer, but my summer break would be like three months. And then like winter break would be like two months. So I was yeah. like missing lots of school. Right. And then uh, like we moved there in uh, I think the middle of grade five or I went to grade five for like a few weeks and didn't tell anybody I was leaving because I'm yeah. super awkward like that. Yeah. And then we just went to Jamaica and moved there. And I took, I went to like four or five different schools. Because I just couldn't figure it out. So what did your folks do for work, though? Water sports. They bought a water sports but, shop. But like, while they were in Edmonton for six months, what did they oh, do? Oh, this is really funny. Yeah. Uh, my dad ran a Western Boot Factory, which is like a cowboy clothing store. Okay. I don't really like cowboy clothes now. So is he, he's like big into country music? No, or... he doesn't really even like country music. <laughs> Does he ride horses? No, I think he's... Like, my dad's he, yeah. a business-minded... Like, my dad's a fucking hustler right okay so in jamaica we lost everything like a hurricane came and like sunk a bunch of our boats and then because we couldn't fulfill the contracts with the resort like basically they're like okay well you've lost everything and like you have to leave now wow (laughs) and it wasn't actually that funny i shouldn't be laughing yeah but then my dad came back to canada and within three years we had nothing like legit like he had to declare bankruptcy like he had to go through all of this shit and within like a few years he managed to like buy condos we started flipping condos he like torture me to come and flip condos with him and yeah so he's just a hustler you know so your dad's not like a normal nine to five guy no definitely not yeah i don't think he's ever in the he, r- he's exactly like me like i just want to smoke weed and sit in my house and play guitar and my dad basically still does that every single day but manages to make money in the meantime yeah he's dope he like runs a real estate thing now okay. out of nowhere yeah so in the rich dad poor dad uh spectrum he's got the rich dad mentality and fucking taught you how to like work for yourself and become yeah but a he's been woman. poor like he's lost everything like a bunch of times so right. it's just like it's a it was really good having him coach me through yeah. like well, trying t- to start a rap career they tell and you he used to, to tour with rock bands fast. yeah yeah they, he, he was in rock bands you said Oh, he used to like tour with rock bands oh, in tour. Canada a long time ago. Doing what? Roadie stuff? Uh, he was in bands and then he also used to manage bands. Uh, who did he manage? Anybody tight? I don't know. It was like bands called Presence, just like tour circuit okay. stuff in Canada. That's cool. That's pretty so cool. So you were around music a lot as a kid? A lot, a lot. My brother set up a recording studio in our basement from the time I was like, I'm not really good with ages. It's I think good. it was about four or five. How much older is he then? Ten years exactly. So it was like so perfect. He had like one of the first copies of Cubase in Western Canada. No shit. Which is like a huge deal. Yeah. And so I'd always try and like hang out in those sessions but I was a troubled child. Like I would scream when I didn't get my way and like he had to tie me up when he babysat me sometimes. That sounds Because sometimes I like, well, I I understand because I flip over, like I don't know, things, I think I'm manic (laughs) but I like just tip over bookshelves and like just for fun. Yeah. What kind of music was your brother making? Like all rock music. So he was just having a bunch of rock dudes come over. He and recorded the fonts. They're like a Christian band that ended up like getting like a really decent following in Canada. And he did their first album with them. And I still have crushes on all of them, I think. Wow. Yeah, but he did a bunch of stuff. He still does it. He runs like one of the premier rock studios in Edmonton. It's, I'm really proud of him. He's also a pro rock climber. A pro rock climber? Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I didn't even know there was a, such a thing. I wouldn't either. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. So you were around music from a fucking young age. And did you ever did you ever get hired to like uh, be a little kid voice on on Christian rock records? No, they like they just wanted me away. Like I remember the rules were like if you just shut like the fuck up and just like sit quietly, then we'll give you, you can pistachios. hang out. Well, <laughs> pistachios are really good. <laughs> 
They're a very expensive nut. It's like fourteen dollars a bag. <laughs> this this conversation is meta. Or it's like postmodern. If you weren't listening to the conversation beforehand, but she apparently likes pistachios. No, I'm studios. saying that if a studio, I could pick between a studio with pistachios and a studio without pistachios. I'm gonna go to the one with pistachios. Right. So you're like a twelve year old girl, and you've discovered the internet, and you're on there, and you're like <laughs> web designing, right? Is that what you said? Yeah. Like what? Well, what did you initially? What initially drew you to the internet? What were you doing on there? Were you like trolling people and being like, oh yeah? I'm no, like, I was still not even cool enough to troll properly yeah. yeah but i just i loved it I mean, web were design getting, were you getting in chat rooms and stuff where, like, oh yeah dudes, where dudes like oh how old are you were you like a fucking yeah yeah well like i wasn't like a yeah but right i love chat chat rooms i think my favorite one was this thing called headbone zone that like nobody can reminisce with me about because i think only like 500 people used it well, what is that about well you just go into the chat room it'd be like a pool party chat room and you'd be like you're like I'd always lie. I'd be like 16 female, hot blonde, right? That's <laughs> wearing what, so a that's red what I'm bikini. Saying. It's like you're, you're like the perfect bait for to catch a predator, right? Yeah, I guess I yeah. probably still could. Yeah, and so that's what that's what I'm saying. Is like the internet was a very creepy place around that time. Like even up to when I was in college, it was like the chat rooms were very much like I didn't even a bunch of scummy dudes trying to get naked pictures of people. Yeah, I went to, like, lots of kids' chat rooms, and then I was, like, a regular in, like, one chat room. I was, like, I was on forums a lot. It sounds really lame, what but forums, forums is on? how I started rapping. Yeah, same. What forums were you on? Uh, not any good ones. Like, hip-hop... Fuck, I can't even remember. Hip-hop Infinity? Nope. Uh-huh. Try again. Hip-hop... Uh, I don't know. What's I'm- the one with the official, like, hip-hop battle thread... Oh, I actually mood swings called me out in one and made one of like the biggest longest threads in history. MCBattles.com? No, I don't know. Oh, anyways, yeah, I was in I was in a bunch of forums. I'm, and a, I'm hella forum nerd. As I well. would just go in and argue with everyone. They'd be like, "You're a girl, fuck off, you can't rap," and I'd be like, and I'd like tear people new ones. Like it was awesome. Yeah, that's great. That's the funny thing about rap forums is like they're such sausage parties, it's and then as hate. soon as a, as soon as a girl comes on, everyone like. Uh, is either trying to chase her off or like instantly like DM her and try to fucking start yeah, I never a relationship got the on the side. Like, it's so weird. I was like way too much. Yeah, yeah. So web design, like what kind of web pages were you making? Okay, this is really, really embarrassing and I really don't want to talk that much about it because I really don't need anybody on Google trying to find all my web pages oh. I made when I was 13. Well, you just shot yourself in the foot. That's all we're going to talk about now. <laughs> I have been trying to shut down all of these web pages for the past two years. It is insane. I have made so many. I would make a new one like every month. It would just have like a blog that would last for four days and have yeah. like all these pages. One would have like dolls. You remember like dolls? Like I, no. you'd like make like a little doll with all of the stuff and like those I, really bad really quotes. That wasn't really my MO, I don't think. I was like, if you love it, let it go quotes and like <laughs> all these like dark yeah. quotes and like I don't know, I think I'd go through like emo phases for like a week at a time and then just like be like you know what, that phase is done and then make a new web page. Right, right. I think there's like pictures of like my bleeding wrists and it's terrible. I can't. You used to cut yourself? No, let's oh. not talk about that, but yes. Why? Uh, I don't know because I'm weird. It's, just, it's like What are you so sad about? <laughs> I don't know. I had a really, really fucked up life. I'm really used to chaos now. It's fun. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm trying to get into. What was so chaotic? <laughs> was it the moving back and forth? Um, I just, I guess I really never learned how to like make and keep friendships. Mm-hmm. And that like really affected me, especially when my parents divorced. Mm-hmm. And then when I came back to Canada, my parents were split up. My dad was still in Jamaica. My mom was still in Jamaica. When did you guys finally settle back in Canada for good? Were you in high school, Fuck, junior high? I don't even know. This part's chaotic. And then I went into like group homes. And, like, fell into, like, drugs and, like, selling drugs and, like, hanging out with just, like, really shitty people. And it's you just, like, it's hard. Ho- but did you go into group homes on your accord or your parents' accord? Like, your parents couldn't take care of you or you were being a hellion? Uh, I think I was, I had been running away a lot. And yeah. I'd been, like, spending, like, a, like, 
like a long time just I remember like sleeping on the streets for like months really yeah but that could have been more or that could have been like a month do you know what I mean like that whole time is so chaotic that I just I remember like a lot of like chaos is it fuzzy because of drug use or what not really. No. I think the first time I ever tried drugs was like during that period, obviously, yeah. because of the kids you're falling Just in like with. Just like smoking weed and drinking or what? Oh, God. Like anything that was like put in front of me, like minus like heroin or like crack or anything yeah. scary. But right. fucking... Yeah, I don't know. It was, like, really hazy. I just remember, like, meeting a bunch of people outside and, like, sleeping in parks and, like, on benches and, like, trying to stay warm because it was, like, spring. Sleeping in shopping malls and, like, um, the world's largest shopping malls there, so it was kind of in my favor because I could just go in there and, like, disappear in, like, back hallways and, like, yeah. just steal whatever the fuck I needed. And, well, what, and you, what was the catalyst of you running away? Like, your parents splitting up affected you? I just, me and my dad had a really bad relationship. He had a lot of pressure on him because my mom, like, cheated on him and stuff. So he mm. was, like, just in a really, really bad place. And, like, yeah, it was these, unhealthy these, for me these to be moms around. ain't loyal. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so your mom starts cheating on your dad and says, like, I'm out. <laughs> this is, like, the deepest conversation I've ever had in a podcast. Is it deep? It's pretty deep. I don't really talk about my past a lot. I try and hide it and just drink. Yeah, that's not healthy. <laughs> it's better. I feel like it's better to get it out, you know? No, so, like, all that stuff yeah, happens. I mean, like, stuff happens. Stuff happens to everyone. Yeah, stuff does happen to everyone. And that's the thing. The reason that I ask these things is because, like, I feel like uh, people can be inspired and go, like, oh, wait, everyone's pretty fucked up. You know what I mean? And um, so I'm not trying to, like, get overly personal or make you uncomfortable. But if I do, we do edit this, so feel free to tell me to stop. It's not a big deal. Okay. But I am interested in, like... Um, I, I guess I'm interested. I don't know that many runaways. I don't know many girls that like ran away. And uh, well, I still I done it up until freaking I moved to LA. Like every time I found myself in a weird situation, like yeah. whether it be like a boyfriend or or I just like feel like I'm not going anywhere. Like now my inclination is to just buy a one way ticket and go somewhere new. And then con- when I get there, I wait for everything to fall apart and then buy a one way ticket and go somewhere new. So these last two years in LA, like working on an album and just being like stable, have been. Yeah. Have been really different for me and like almost grounding because I feel like a human for once. Yeah, were your parents? Do you think your parents were running away from something when they moved to Jamaica and that kind of? No, rubbed I think off, they just what? they were just like following their dreams. Yeah, you know where they just wanted to live on a tropical island and like be together and tan. Yeah. My mom loved tanning. She wore thongs to the beach. It was super weird. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Like, mom, don't wear thongs to the beach. Yeah, I want to meet your mom. Uh, <laughs> so you move away. You start living in the mall. Like, who are, you, who are the people that you're around? Are they, like... It was uh, really weird because, like, I guess when everything's falling apart around you, everyone just creates drama. So, like, someone who's your best friend one day, like, you find yourself, like, fist fighting them the next day because yeah. they heard you talk shit about them, even though, like, I just feel like... It was really weird. Yeah. Like, you meet, like, a lot of weird kids, and there's people into, like, hard drugs, and you're dealing with all the addict behavior of, yeah. like, people just trying to live yeah. you know and it's cold so people are trying to like legitimately live and eat like i remember like um stealing and like just reselling shit just so i could get five dollars to go get fries yeah and like chill at a denny's all night drinking coffee and like i think i i made friends um with a bunch of guys who played magic so i'd like sit down and like play magic wow until like eight o'clock in the morning at this like all night denny's what a dork it was weird you talk really fast did you have add shit growing up Oh, I still have it. Yeah. Were you on meds for that? Or did no. You, no, because no, I was never around anyone long enough to be like, for anyone to be like, hey, well, because even when I went back to school, I'm a, like, I'm a grade nine dropout. Yeah. So 
and in that grade nine, I went to two different schools that year. So nobody was around me long enough to even like recognize erotic behavior, I guess. Right. How does the process of dropping out of school go? That's so foreign to me. That's very interesting. Well, because your whole life's falling apart. School seems so trivial. Yeah. But what was falling apart? Just your parents split? I mean, everybody's well, like, parents split. I know, but it's like my mom was still in Jamaica. My mom would come back to Canada and yeah. be like, I'm going to stay. We're going to make this work. And then I'd show up to school and I'd get like a note from like I get a note from my cousin with yeah. her being like sorry I had to leave to Jamaica wow do you know what I mean yeah. and then like obviously like my situation so it felt was like you couldn't trust people that were like right around you because you they weren't giving you the straight fucking the straight and narrow or something just that and you know like my relationship with my dad was very not good you were do you know living, what I mean? but you were living with your dad and you guys weren't getting along no not just like not getting like we'd like fight each other so it was just not good for me to be around yeah so was he I drinking just, and shit or what no like, my dad's like he was just very sad. I'm the exact same way. Like, obviously, I grew up the exact same way. And just, like, when I'm emotional, like, I'll throw fists. Like, I'll throw yeah. everything. I have fucking... I pulled down, like, 20,000 DVDs off of someone's wall before. Wow. Because I was really angry. You should meditate. I do lots of yoga. Yeah. <laughs> I do, like, 90 minutes of yoga a day. Yeah. So, when you're a 14-year-old homeless person, are you... <laughs> do you start, uh, like... Are you keeping journals? Are you writing? Like how? That's how, how basically like rap started for me. Like in this before I knew what the art of it really was. Like I had to constantly fill. Oh, and just like another thing that added to like the whole chaos and like everything was when I was really young. I was in school and like being like standing out so much when you're going through like a bunch of shit where you just don't want to stand out is the hardest thing ever because everybody's like looking at you and like like just uh, trying to get a rise of you there and then like at home when I stopped wanting to go to school because like I'm literally like having to fight every single day yeah fucking whether it's at home or at school so it's just it's, just, it's terrible like you just shut down you don't want to go like there's no reason for you to go I go and then because I've been like you know what I mean I'm not like those other kids like I fucking like I'm half living on a street yeah. and then, then I'm showing up to school and this teacher's being like, pick up, you have, you're late for class. You have to pick up all this garbage. And I'm like, fuck you and flip a desk. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not fucking picking up garbage. Like you guys should be stoked that I'm here. It sounds like you just have this natural kind of rebellious streak through, through <laughs> you that you, that you may, may have been born with. I think so. That's interesting. So you start rapping uh, to cope. Well, I started, I wrote poetry. Music? I wrote a lot of poetry. And when I've gone back, it always starts. it's like all very rhythmic and like really like on and just like lots of stories. Like I essentially like living in group homes is really, really hard because you're dealing with all of these kids who are just so fucked up and like even more fucked up than you. And like, you know, it's, you just meet a bunch of weird people and you have to like, what's a group, get home, it out. what's a group home like? Is, is that like an orphanage or what? It's well, okay. So a group home's like it's run by the government. You go in. There's like between five and ten kids living there, all in. Like you have your own room, yeah, which is dope. And then there's staff working. All girls or boys? No, it's mixed. It's Mm. always mixed. Yeah, that sounds like easy to get in trouble that way. It's really easy, like because everyone's smoking. Everyone's like doing drugs like it's fun to sneak out at night it's not your parents you don't care you have to be gone for three nights in a row for them to close your bed Mm. and that means they just like keep your shit in the office until you come pick it up and like you don't have a place to live so it's not like you get forced to go there it's like you get to choose to to go to the group no like okay so the last thing that happened that put me in an actual group home was fucking i was like going through a breakup and i'm not good in breakups obviously Mm. and i like trashed i trashed something and then the cops came and got me and then they like took me to a holding cell for like 36 hours which is illegal 
And then in the holding cell, every time they'd open the door, I'd just swear at them because I was just like, I'm fucking underage. It doesn't matter what I do at this point because my record gets clean when I'm 18. Yeah. So I just, I just swear at them when they came and then eventually they're like, oh, a bed has already been open for you at a, at a group home. And like my dad that morning, like irregardless of what the fuck had happened that day, before any of that happened, he'd already opened a bed for me at a group home and was like working on getting me out. So it was like shitty. Actually, the craziest thing about that is that I called him for like a ride. I was like, dad, I'm sorry. Like I really want to work on a relationship and all this stuff. He came and picked me up and as he was driving away, he pulled over and then the cops were already behind us. Really? So he like set you up? Is that yeah, what that means? Yeah, it was really fucking dope. That sounds horrible. <laughs> but then in the group homes is when I met all of like the bad kids who led me to like, I guess like, I'm I'm like thankful that I've been through all that shit. But like, all in the group homes was like crazy because I met so many people that fucking I don't know. Talented but troubled people. Not even talented. Like, I see Just those troubled. kids when I go back yeah. and, like, some of them are homeless and don't even, like, recognize me. Really? Yeah, like, I've seen... So you're meeting people with, like, early signs of mental illness, maybe perhaps schizophrenia, stuff like that? Or what? I don't know any of, like, I don't know any of that, but yeah. definitely, like, some... Like, I've had people, like, come in and, like, steal every single, like, shirt out of my drawer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. just, like, all of my shirts or, like, all of my makeup will go missing or, like, my hair straightener or, like... Yeah anything so are you rapping by the time you're underage like when uh, when you're 18 and you can't like live in a group home anymore because you're of legal age are you already like pursuing music at that well, point I, like this was i was about 15 i think 16 years old yeah i don't know but when all this happened when i started meeting those people i started falling in like i don't know i can hang like fucking drug dealers think i'm cool they i don't go to school i well, can sit in your car all day drug, drug and fucking like just, chicks too you know yeah like, they like girls to be well around. i was a tom i didn't even classify as a girl i had fucking like frizzy ass hair i was chubby like mm. nobody was looking at me for sex mm. but i don't know i could just like sit in the car all day and they'd all freestyle so i'd start freestyling and then when i'd go back like th- at this point my mom had moved back like in the middle of like hanging out with all stuff my mom moved back and finally got an apartment she moved back from jamaica mm-hmm. and i moved in with her and like got really into the internet again and was like on forums fighting with my mom not going to school and just like between freestyling and cars with boys and um these forums and like those stupid text battles oh yeah yeah you were a text i was really good at it that's tight <laughs> just because i can rip people like i can I can really hurt people's feelings. Mm. But yeah, between that stuff, that's where rap started. And then, like, um, I just started making money. And by the time I was 17, I was out on my own. How are you making money? Just, like, flipping, like, little things. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'd flip phones. Oh. But then I'd go and get everybody's, like, I'd flip the same people on multiple phones. So mm. people were mad. Mm. But I'd do that. And then... <laughs> So um, you picked up some of dad's hustling tendencies. <laughs> right. You got to do what you got to do. I wasn't going to be like living half on the street and like half like run away anymore. Right. So I did that stuff and like set up my own studio. And then by this time, my dad, like when I wasn't living there, we get along great. And he helped me set up my studio and he helped me like essentially learn how to record myself. And my brother and everybody really helped you out as well. Yeah. And then they yelled at me to get a job until I was about 21. And then at like 21, they're like, she's never going to do it. Were you, did you have like a MySpace page when you were promoting rap music? Have you been rapping for that long? Yes. I've been rapping for 10 years now. Wow. So since you were 15. I think so. I'm almost 16. So since I was 16, I'm 16 this month or I'm 26. 26 this month. Well, you should quit giving away your age. I thought women aren't supposed to do I that. I don't care. Oh, that's, right. that's fucking sexism. Wait, you're t- what's your birthday? July 22nd. Oh, mine's July 8th. What? Yeah, we're both cancers, huh? 
Hard shells. Swag. Um, yeah, so you were both equally fucked up and sensitive about it. But Are you sensitive? Tough on the outside. Tell me about your childhood. Uh, I just told you everything. I, Jensen's people, probably like... People already know my, my, uh, my childhood on here, though, so they don't need to hear mine. But it was very sad. Was it? My dog died. Fuck no, I'm off. <laughs> Tell me something. Tell me something real. <laughs> no, you know, everybody has dad issues. My dad took off for uh, all my formative years, so like I had to teach myself to shave and all that stuff, and that can be very depressing. I can uh, imagine it could hurt a lot, too. Yeah, Razor totally. Burn. Uh, my shrink used to tell Blood. me that I have abandonment issues, you know what I mean? And uh, that You got prob- to go to a shrink? Yeah, well, yeah. I had uh, health insurance as a young man, so I don't do it anymore, but I used to go to a shrink. I have health insurance now. I feel like an adult. Yeah, I just got Obamacare. Really? I'm feeling very dope about it. Let's go it. to the doctor together. I'm saying, I was like, man, I'm just going to go get frivolous checkups, like, because, because uh, you know, uh, checkups are free, pretty much. I'm a really big hypochondriac. I'm not so much of a... I love it when they probe me well, and take so, pictures of my insides. Yeah. I have, like, a collection of MRIs in my house. Really? See, that's another thing, is, like, my dad was a medic in the Air Force, so it was, like... We weren't going to a hospital unless we were dying. Like it's like <laughs> unless you have a broken bone or like you're dying. Like nah. Oh, you broke your finger. Here, I'll tape it up in the bathroom. Like and there was no sympathy for sickness in my house. So it was very like you know get tough or be a little bitch type of thing. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, anyways, we. You know, I would go to the hospital all the time. Like if I. Was I never go to the hospital in Canada. Anything. I go to the hospital like once a month. Yeah, I'm pr- I'm terrible. Like I I WebMD shit and I'll like order fucking WebMD always tells you you have cancer. Yeah, I know. I've I've. Uh, so that's the thing is like I think that I have testicular cancer now, but I'm not. Do you really? Tr- no, I'm just kidding. Kevin thinks he I has it too. I'm, I'm lying. I don't think I have that. Okay. Um, it's just big balls. That's well, all. I should have said that about Kevin. Kevin, take care of your nuts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so what starts happening with the rap career when um, you're like 15? Do people start going like, oh wow, this little 15 year old kid is pretty tight? No. Yeah, you sucked. Yeah, what? it was really bad. Yeah. Obviously. Where'd you record at first? My house. So you set up a studio like from the jump. Yeah, I don't trust people, so I just fucking do it all myself. I can tell you don't trust people. <laughs> and it's because of your dad. It's the same reason I don't trust people. That's nice. It's funny because uh, in our emails back and forth with Jensen, he was like, oh, you know, what are you guys, what are you guys talking about? And I said, I don't know. I'm just going to try to like, figure out her daddy issues, what kind of daddy issues she has. <laughs> And, uh, Here's I, all of them. Yeah, so you know. I, I guess did, all you have to do is ask. I didn't think the joke would be like so on the nose, you know. <laughs> but here it is. Yeah. Don't worry, I have plenty other issues for future podcasts. Yeah, for sure. So, dad helps you set up a studio, and you start rapping. What are you rapping about as a 15 year old girl? Being in um, the trap? No, actually, I didn't talk about drug stuff at all, what did or you talk like about? anything gangster. I just didn't think it. Like at the time, I didn't think it was me because it was just like. Any of the shit that I actually did was just, like, I don't know. I didn't think it was, like, cool or anything. I think I was, like, uh, one of my first lines, like, do you like it when I rock it like this? <laughs> Lip gloss, <laughs> mini skirts. I'm on top of this shit. I was Whoa. just, like, it was, like, so bad. It was really, really bad. Yeah. I rapped about my broken hearts. Yeah, of course. This empty pocket in my chest, this caustic and throbbing, I want to drop it. Yeah, so it was, like, teenage it's martyrdom, really, It's really lame shit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was really bad. And then, uh... And did you put it out for people to see, or did you keep it private? Of course I put it out for people to see, because I'm Do you fucking, regret that? No, because all of that constructive criticism... Like, all of the criticism that people give me, like, when people are dicks to me... I kind of, like, listen for the truth in it, and then I just fucking, like, like middle fingers up. Like, I don't care, really. Right, right. But if people are like, ooh, and your fucking flow, and the fucking EQ's wrong, and your flow falls off, and you're supposed to fucking do this part better, and I'm just like, okay, so, like, work on my flow and fix the EQ. Yeah. And, like, not listen to them call me, like, a slut and a whore. Right. But, like, all the constructive criticism was really, really useful and just, like, 
honing in on the early stages and just being open to that was really important, I guess, because. And so did you become obsessed with rap? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would do it every single day. I still do it every single day. Do you? Yeah, I there was there's been like a, like a weird week where where I'll be like I fucking hate rap, but then that's funny I've, after after rejuvenate. you know ten plus years of doing it myself, I'm like, eh, I, I like rap kind of whenever. Like I don't I don't <laughs> I definitely don't do it every day. Like I'll maybe like make a song every like couple months. Like fuck it. Well, they f- well because now I'm signed to a label, oh. so they just like set up sessions for yeah, me. So you're having to work all the time. Yeah, for the last two years, I probably made like 70 songs. Really? It's insane. Have you been putting stuff out or not? Uh, we put out three, two songs. <laughs> out of 70? But I have a huge trove of music. Yeah. So I'm really excited about it. So wait, when did you get signed? Two years ago? Uh, I signed to, what is Are it right now? Are you to talk about it? Yeah, I can huh. say whatever I want. Oh, pardon me. Go ahead. <laughs> so who did you get signed to? Um, I signed to Boardwalk, which is Evan Bogart. He wrote, he found Eminem. Oh, okay. And me, so I'm kind of like Eminem. Yeah, a, a little bit. I'm so, pretty much Eminem. Yeah, I, th- I agree. <laughs> and yeah. then uh, I signed to him, I think, a year and a half ago, or two, maybe two years ago. And then I signed to Mercury, but I don't know where I am, because they just did this fun thing where they're like, let's break into three labels. I think I'm on Island. I, they like, followed me back on Twitter the other day. Island did? Yeah. The, like, Island but Records? Not, not like Island Def Jam, though. No, because Island and Def Jam are no longer the same oh, thing. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I don't. Really, I can't really keep up with all the record label moves and shit. But Neither can I. So you think maybe you're on Island. I think maybe I'm on Island. Yeah, and so they gave you a budget and they have you working all the time. I don't know anything about that. I just know about the work. Okay, so who, who like, how do you know when you're supposed to be where and, and get, like, who oh, sets up your sessions? Google Calendar. Yeah. I have a Google Calendar that tells me where to go with addresses and right, times. Right, right, right. <laughs> but I mean, do you, so have, I a, do you have an A&R, like, bossing you around going, like, oh, you have to go work with this person and that person? Well, for the first, like, while, I didn't really hear from my A&R. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, I just go places and make music. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't even really like when they talk to me about things. Like, when I first got out of here, they're like, you have to get a business manager and a lawyer. And I'm like, Jensen, can you just go meet all these people? He's like, no, you have to meet your lawyer. Right. I just don't understand it. I don't really understand it all. Right. I just go to studio, and then they send me notes, and then I work on the notes, and then I send them back songs, and then I go home, and then I play guitar. Right. And then when I feel like I want to kill myself, I just play The Sims. Okay. We're jumping ahead. Let's go back a little bit. I jump okay because <laughs> I don't want to talk about The Sims for too long. No, I'm just kidding. But okay. it's a really funny so, game. Uh, you get to escape your world. I believe it. Why not? Why don't you do like real? What is that? Uh, fake life or real life or whatever? Oh, we tried that. Uh, my best friend Tom. He's not my best friend anymore. Now we're just kind of like sort of friends. Yeah. But he moved down here from Canada and was like living with us for a couple months, and we all got really weird and we tried to play that oh, second life. That's second what life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We played second life for like a full day before we're like, okay, well, we're like in other rooms with headphones on, like hanging out in second life. You can fly, so that's kind of cool, but. It's yeah. just not fun. It's not dope. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad that you played <laughs> pseudo-reality games. Um, so, uh, th- I feel like the when I found out about you was probably... I'm going to say like... Uh, 07 or 08 maybe 09 how I, I don't know like it was just the internet i'm like deep in this internet shit and i'm like always looking for music stuff and i think i remember seeing a video 
of like going on stage with Ari the Rugged Man or something and then ending up on tour with Ari the Rugged Man. Yeah, that's my ex-boyfriend. Oh, that's your ex-boyfriend. I didn't mean to bring that up. Do you want me to just change the topic of conversation? No, we can talk about it. Okay, so. I just have to think before I speak. Yeah, I don't want to like throw anybody under any buses or get too personal with ex-boyfriend shit. I don't like doing that. But that was how I found out about you. Like I saw you rapping uh, on stage with Ari the Rugged Man. So what was that about? What happened? Ugh. Okay, well, not ugh in a bad way. Just yeah. ugh is like Cause, sad yeah. time in my life, obviously. <laughs> I met him. Do you it have happy in, times in your life? Not really. Yeah, let's keep talking I about like that. I like laser tag. Yeah, same. Laser tag's the only thing that makes me smile. <laughs> but That's sad. It is. <laughs> it sounds so sad. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. Um, I met him. We were in, I was in Edmonton and like my, my whole friends, or not friends, people throw shows. Yeah. Shows happen. And then you he were went like on in stage. The, you're in the rap scene there in Edmonton. Yeah, so yeah. I went to the show and they were making jokes and were like, how long do you think it's going to take for... Because he pulls girls on stage and like, yeah. how long do you think it's going to take for nobody to get on stage? Because I wear miniskirts a lot. I have a lot of miniskirts. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. They brought like a water gun full of tequila and like, it, I thought that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. So I, I was really, really drunk. And then fucking, I was like front row because... I don't know. I liked a lot of his songs, and he's tight. He's a great I went, rapper. I went on stage, and we like made out, and it was like this huge funny <sighs> thing. And then I went back to his hotel room, but like I didn't want to hook up. I don't know why I went there. I oh because we were gonna party. There was like all of my other friends were like on tour with him, and these were people that I was actually like maybe we could be friends, but I can't have friends because that's the rule in my life. Uh. And then uh, I think he like tried to like make a move on me, and I like punched him in the face, and then I Oof. didn't talk to him for like a year. Oof. And then he hit me up on MySpace and was like, I'm reading all these things that all these people are saying about you in forums. Like, just fuck them. They're all haters. Like, keep your head up. Like, like he's like, I know that we didn't do anything. I was like, cool. Well, because everyone on your tour with said that you fucking said all this shit about me. And like, oh, so and like then he rumors, stood up for me. So he was like a real man. He like stood yeah. up for me and was dope. And so then, rumors started getting spread. And he was like, I have, I wasn't a part of these rumors. I just want you to know that. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's a nice thing. It was really nice. And yeah. then he went back to them and made them apologize to me, which was like, it's really dope because yeah. you don't find a lot of people who will stand up for you like that, especially after you punch them in the face. That's funny. And then uh, in Toronto, I moved in. I moved to Toronto. I've been moving forever. Right. the runaway thing. How often do you think you move? Like once every couple of years? In the past, it was probably like every six months. Yeah. And then just like to go wherever and wait for that to not be fun. Yeah. And then uh, in Toronto, I went with my friend to like go stay in New York and be like, hey, New York. And then he was there and then we like hooked up and it was it was awesome we had a lot of shit in common we're both these like grimy dirty rappers we both have songs called piece of shit we Mm. were like it made a lot of sense at the time yeah that's the person whose dvds i pulled on the floor i still feel really bad about that but like he gave me a lot like being around like such good rappers and like he's friends with all the woo affiliates and like he's like just meeting that whole network and having all of these people believe in me was really really important to me at that time in my life because i'd been coming from like that whole you know like 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 a shitty underground like scene shitty that's under- not going anywhere and then all yeah, of a sudden you have a cosign you. of a dude that's like you know got well it's not even so much about the cosign it's just yeah. about like oh he's obviously an incredible rapper he yeah. comes to my sessions and yeah. he'll be like your flow fell off there he'll be like I don't like that verse yeah, you know what yeah. I mean and he'll Fix like it. give it to you fucking straight and yeah. he really helped me work on myself and even get to the point where like a label would even be like oh yeah right right I he, can deal with this yeah he put you, you know? through like rap boot camp kind of yeah and he made me like stop believing that I was just like a shit bag and that I could like maybe even like work in pop music you know mm-hmm. what I mean or like mm-hmm. go that direction like he just like help me be like he's like you're not a fucking dirty guy from Edmonton like yeah. why do you act like a dirty boy from Edmonton right, I was like right. 
Oh no. <laughs> this sounds like there we may have found a positive influence in your life at some point then. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's great. He was good. And then but like obviously you can't date a rapper. I'm sorry, but like they go on tour, they like do whatever the fuck they want and they lie. And so like Don't say that, that, that cuz I'm single and I'm looking for a girlfriend. So ladies, so uh, not all rappers are shitbags. Most um, are rappers are shitbags. Yeah, most rappers mo- are shitbags. But I'm the exception. All to rappers the, are shitbags. I'm, I'm the, I'm the exception <laughs> don't to the rule. Don't date any of them. So holler at me. No, don't date date a, zero rappers. I have a great Ari the Rugged Man story uh, similar to that where I was at a show uh, in Pasadena that he was playing and he pulled a girl up on stage and, um, you know, did the whole Ari the Rugged Man thing. And um, this girl was like total fucking crazy groupie. And... um, Wait, how long ago? Oh, it was probably before you met him. So I think I may or may not have been hosting that show because I used to host shows at the place that it was at. And um, I was very skinny and had a bald head at the time, which I still do. And my face was shaved and I may or may not have had on fashion glasses. Right. So after I'm walking out of the show, I see the girl who we pulled on stage. She's outside and just drunk as shit. And I walk by and she's like, oh, hey, what's up, Moby? And all of her friends start laughing. And I was like, you know, because that was the, the time at the time. That was what a bald guy would get compared to was Moby. And I turn around and I go, bitch, you just got finger banged on stage by fucking Ari the Rugged Man. Why are you trying to tell jokes? And all of her friends were like, oh, and that's the end of the story. But it was just... Yeah, Jensen. Go ahead. go ahead, Jensen. Come to my microphone. Not yes. The end of the story. Come all okay. the way. So here, Jensen Carp yeah, has here's an the edition. End of the story. Go ahead. Uh, that was Bowser from Shanana's daughter. Who's that? <laughs> Shanana from fucking the band that was like the fifties. They wore like leather jackets. Well, really? How like, did you find that out? Because I was at that show and I talked to her. Oh wow, that's yeah, crazy. Her dad is was played at Woodstock. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, anyway, poor bag on stage. <laughs> that's really mean because I did that's, that one. That's mean that you put a name to it. <laughs> Now everyone's going to Google it. They're going to wiki it. Um, yeah, so anyways, that's crazy. Yeah. So did you tour with them at all? Yeah, I set up a Canadian tour, and then, like, I did all the... Like, I set up a Canadian tour with him and Killer Priest. For, like, with him headlining. So you, But you set it up, so you figured out how to be a booking agent. Oh, I was already doing that because yeah. I don't trust people. So they wouldn't book me for shows because they hated me. So at, like, 18, as soon as I could get into a club in Canada, yeah. I was throwing my own shows. Wow. And fuck, I was so good at it. Really? My first show, I was terrified. I handed out 5,000 flyers, like, by walking around, handing yeah. out flyers, talking to people. Dude, those and were the days when the you block. actually had to, like, when you actually had to hand out flyers, those were the days. That Dude. Was- that was fun. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun. It wasn't so much fun when you didn't have money to, like, get to where you had to end up flyers. Like, I remember, like, walking four hours just to, like, get to, the, like, the clubbing district at night to hand out flyers, wait till 2 o'clock in the morning, and then fucking walk home. And so your first show, though, you, it, like, sold out or what? Because, it, because yeah. of your promotion? That's amazing. How were you on stage? How did it feel? Uh, awkward as shit, obviously. Yeah, yeah but... Well, my first show ever, I opened for most deaf. Your first show ever? Yeah. Wow, that's pretty great. It was... I just did one song because, like, the DJ, I just... I knew him. So, like, fucking... Yeah. I did that. And yeah. that was... That felt cool. Because yeah. it was such a big crowd. And once you started rapping, everyone was like, yeah! But that's right. I was probably terrible. They were just, like, really stoked. Because it was pre-white girl rap shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. White girl rap shit is just now, I feel like. I know. Well, like, yeah. Like, the last, like, couple years. Three years, probably. Why? Who else is white girls rapping? When Gucci, Gucci came up forever oh, ago. Oh, yeah, Krayshawn. I, for, I always forget about that one. Yeah, that's right. Just like everyone else now. 2011. That was in 2011. Was it? Yes. When that happened, I was like so excited and then nothing. Yeah, I had her on my podcast like the week after that song broke. And you forget about her. That's really, really no, That's a lot her. about nah, your personality. She's mad cool. Uh, I still see her around all the time. She's a great person. Just- but the only way I made money after I started stopped doing illegal shit was just like sh- club nights. And I used to run the only, like, reggae and hip-hop club night in uh, 
in Edmonton that happened on like a weekend. Like I had like a Saturday night club night. Yeah. And then they used to send, they'd started sending gang unit to every single one of my shows really? to like shut it down. Like gang unit is a real thing. They come in with vests. They like walk through with the dog. That was like, in Edmonton or Toronto? Edmonton. Oh, okay. This was like why I was like, I got to fucking get the fuck out of here because they'd be like stopping us on the streets while we're firing. And cause we're wearing matching t-shirts. They think we're like, and obviously like, pretty bad dudes would come to these things but like there was never any problem with the one show i threw there was like a really big fuck the police riot that happened after Mm. it was it was fucking great what happened (laughs) uh they came and tried to shut down the the night was there any tear gas involved no but like 10 people got arrested really yeah and like because canada's just crazy they're like they're like you don't want us to party fuck you and then punch a cop like it's insane wow (laughs) people are crazy that's tight um so it sounds like you've left some skin in the game. Like you threw your own parties, you promoted your, your parties. Like, oh yeah, yeah. You you started making relationships in Canada. Like, did you get fairly well known in your country by the time you left? Or? Oh yeah, I do yeah. really really well there. Yeah. I, I like. I don't know. I love it. I love touring. I love. I love performing in Edmonton. Performing in Edmonton is obviously my favorite thing because I like I've met so many people along the way that I might not remember, but still come out and like support and. Yeah. yeah. So the 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 script is kind of flipped, and the people that maybe well, like you like, don't get like that used to be haters are now supporters in, in every yeah. And I get a lot of apologies that I just fucking right right like fuck back to yeah. But do you think it's easier in Canada than it is in the states? No, R- because wise? no, not at all. No. Obviously, yeah. Why? Why? Obviously, just because Canada doesn't think anything that Canada does is cool enough to like. Really. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, if Drake would have came out with something before it, even if it got, like... Until it gets, like, a substantial amount of views. Like, now I sit in a cool in a cool world because, like, one of my videos has over, like, 425,000 views. Like, you don't get that without a shit ton of people in your hometown and, like, your home country being like, that's ours. Yeah. But, like, before that, it wasn't, like that's ours so let's support it now it was kind of like and eh, it's okay you know yeah yeah yeah. i feel like la is kind of the same way like nobody everyone's trying to do their own thing here so no one bothers to support other people or, you yeah. know, like, like i look at a city like seattle uh like i was just in seattle dude people there like really support artists there like they love their artists you know obviously macklemore is a huge shining example but there's a bunch of other dudes in the underground that like have huge that live in seattle that have huge fan bases there that like you know, sell out crazy venues there. And, and I don't like, know anything about music that's anyways, going on. Yeah, well. I'm th- sorry. That's okay. I, will, <laughs> I don't expect you to. Um, <laughs> All I listen to is like Diantward and like Meg Myers right now. I think you said the name wrong. I don't D- care. Diantward. Now you know. Still don't care. Well, you should start pronouncing it that way. It's probably better. <laughs> um, so did you move to L.A. from Toronto or Edmonton? Um... Oh, no. I lived in New York for, like, a year and a half. Oh, yeah. You went to New York. From Toronto. Because you were living with uh, with Homeboy. And then... Right, man. You ruined that because you're you, right? Yeah. And <laughs> and then you say, okay, fuck it. I'm going to move to L.A.? No. And then I was like, fuck it. I need to like, go to Jamaica for, like, a month. So oh, so I went you to- went back to Jamaica. Is your mom still there? <laughs> no. My mom's in Edmonton. And my dad was down there for about a week of it. Yeah. But this is, like, the most depressing part is, like, I used to live on, like, a really beautiful resort that was like just flooded with people and that was like my whole childhood to me was like 
Like, I feel like it was like, I don't know. And then you went back to Jamaica and you had to live the resort in like a had been house. No, we still have property there. So we have like a couple condos, like nothing big, like two studio condos in the same resort. But it's not a resort anymore. So when I went there alone, getting over a breakup and like the resort has been since closed down is now just private properties. I felt like I was walking through like the ghost of like my childhood. Whoa, it so, was so bad. So it was all <laughs> so, empty and shit? It was so empty. There was only probably about 40 people staying on like a giant. There's over like 400 there's over 450 like apartments there yeah, yeah. and like like three beaches like two different pools like cliffs like it's a huge huge property i can't stress it anymore yeah and it was like there's only like 50 30 to 50 that people sounds staying like an there. amazing opportunity to shoot a music video without anyone giving a fuck yeah you know what i mean i wish i would have thought beforehand before yeah. i just like hopped on a plane and ran away to jamaica and did a bunch so of what mushrooms. did you do while you're there how long did you stay there um i ran into a bunch of friends from my high school so well took them all Wait, I took all like, my friends? You, yeah, did you, like, take all your friends to Jamaica? What do you mean? No, what, no, you no. ran into them down there. Okay, so I have to go back a little bit. Because, yeah, like, when I say do. I went back to Canada in grade 9, I went back to Canada. I was in, like, I was supposed to go into grade 10 in Canada, and they were supposed to... Then they tried to push me back, like, two years or something. Yeah. So I left Jamaica, like at the end-ish of grade 9. Uh-huh. So all of my friends in high school there is from grade 7 to 12. Okay. Or 7 to 11, okay. sorry. Yeah, yeah. But... Uh, I ran into a bunch of people who, like, didn't really run in my circles, but, like, remembered me enough. And, like, maybe they'd been friends on my Facebook page and were like, you're in Jamaica? Let's hang. And oh, one guy was in my class. And, yeah. like, uh, my best friend is from Jamaica. Yeah. So she's been in touch with them. And she's like, you have to get in touch with all these people when you're there. And also my childhood best friend who, like, lived across the street from me and all these people. And we just, like, like we got because i had i had you can't make shit money there you know what i mean like they're all like super broke like barely getting by so i just buy a lot of appletons and we just fucking get wasted and do mushrooms and it's the resort that i used to live at's right next to hedonism Uh so we got really really drunk and snuck into hedonism one night we just i just remember like sitting in front of like the police station with like a bottle of appletons like hanging out the car and just super high on mushrooms being like how much do you think it would take to pay this off wow because <laughs> you can bribe the cops out of anything there right right that's crazy it's pretty good and how long did you stay there um i was there for a month yeah and i was talking to jensen who's now my manager on the phone the whole time and how, how did he find you uh he's friends with ra okay so ra had been kind of sending him the stuff being like i think you could understand this and yeah. then jensen had like watched it over like progress and yeah, and then he just kind of understood it, and I'm just so fucking white girl being a white girl. And so was he kind of like, hey, I fuck with this, and you should move to L.A., because perhaps well, we, we can make it work. we started talking on the phone while I was out there, and I was basically like, I'm like, well, cool, if like this shit doesn't work, I'm just going to kill myself anyways, so it doesn't really matter. Do you really think that way? <laughs> yeah. Or why do you laugh about it like that? Because I've that's detached. A hor- that's a horribly dark thought to laugh at. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I think it's funny. It's a funny... Like, not a lot of people get to feel that way. It's not funny. It's terrible. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. I, I feel I, like I'm just bringing your whole podcast no, 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 down. No, no. This whole thing's been like, whoa, no, is me, it. my no, fucking no. life. No, here's the thing is that we've talked about suicide a lot on this show, but <laughs> no one's ever laughed at it. So oh. that's why I'm like, wow, it's just so surprising. Because I've, I've... Well, you spend so long... Because as a writer, you just spend so long in your head, like, yeah. getting that shit out that it's almost like... Once it's gone, it's just, like, not even a piece of you anymore. It's just, like, some, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you get the feelings out, and you can deal with them. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yes, I do so know. So it's funny. I mean, I don't know. The the whole, the suicide thing is not funny to the me. The fact that you, like, if you had to kill yourself because you fucking, like, failed at life, and, like, 
if I gave, I like legitimately have been giving my all yeah. to fucking music for the last 10 years. It has been the only thing that I've known that I was going to do since the time right. I was like 16 years old. Yeah. So like, if I can't do it, I don't want to live. That's really how you feel. That's legitimately how I feel. I don't know what else see, I would do. Well, see, that's that, and that's the funny thing is I always wonder that because a lot of the podcasts that we cover, or a lot of people that we cover on here are people that are like, you know, they have varying degrees of success. And some people are still on their upswing, and then some of them are also on their way down, on the, on the, downswing, on the downturn. And I always kind of wonder, like, what people are doing to set themselves up for later life because – you know, to be honest, part of the whole reason that I started doing this and trying to create content was because I was like, the music shit is probably not going to work out for me. Like, I'm a realist in that sense, mm-hmm. and I enjoy doing it, but I figure, like... There's That's no reason like, there's no reason in letting the 10 years that I've put into it go to waste so I might as well use the access that I have to like start doing some other shit with it. So, you never think that way. You just kind of think like it's this or nothing. Like I'm good at other things. Like I direct sure music videos. Yeah. I like I design fashion shit. I don't know. Like I take pictures, but I don't know. Without it, it would just be this like huge gaping hole in my life. Yeah, absolutely, but do you like, think? Like I understand. But do you think it has to be such an all or nothing thing? Where yes. where here here's what I mean by that. Like you don't think that music. Yolo. That, you don't think that you, that music could just be something that you do because you need to do it, and or does it have to be heard? Does it have to be how you yeah, make your money? Yeah, but like so many people say that, and then they end up in nine to five jobs and like never actually get to work on music, and like I don't want to be that, mm. and like I don't think I could ever be happy. Like I already I already have to fight to be happy. Like I don't think I could. I don't think I would win that fight Mm. if that was my day-to-day life Mm. and like i understand like kurt cobain's letter where like he had to like he had to go because he didn't love it anymore and like you just find that emptiness and i just like understand that i understand Mm. if i didn't love music anymore like what the fuck would i Mm. i don't i don't know what i could do and i've been like it's been hard being signed to a label and like trying to still love something that like you like it feels like work now it kind of feels like work absolutely it starts to feel like work as soon as people start caring it fucking feels like work you know what i mean because you have to to live up to their standards is this this the nova rockefeller brand is this will my people like this will my a and r get it i get it like i understand fully but like at the same time man it's that's a good problems to have you know what i mean i know that's why i love it and like i usually i realize that when i'm feeling like i don't like music that that might be fear talking you know what i mean like that might just be like me scared that i can't actually do it so i'm not being my best and it seems like a theme in your life that you can well that you fucking bring up because i haven't really got an explanation for it yet but you keep uh referring to like oh you know once something starts going good i have to ruin it or once something once uh, i can't keep friends because i have like i have i and in the last year i've have like I have a best friend. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I've, like, been, like, slowly chipping away because I've been stable yeah. and fucking... Well, so that's I my... I have food. That's, it's cool. They that, gave me a house. I think that they only gave me, like, the house just so that I wouldn't leave. Yeah. <laughs> like, rando. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, do you worry that, like... If that since music is your one true love, that you're gonna try to blow it for yourself on uh, like yeah, accidentally I fucking, on purpose. Yeah, I do it all the time. Like I, I mess up and I have to catch myself and be like, you know what? No, but don't act like that. Mm-hmm. And Jensen has to catch me too. Like, just I don't know. Like everyone makes mistakes, though. It's mm-hmm. just what you do with it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. And life is fucking great now. I can't even. I can't even lie. I think I'm PMSing because I feel super dark today. Yeah. But um. Like, I play laser tag, like, every single week. Like, we play play Risk. I'm the glue in my group of friends. As in, like, I fucking throw all the parties. I invite everyone everywhere. I do everything. You're the spoon that stirs the pot. Yes. They are my minions, and I'm the fucking queen. Mm. And I don't care. I'll tell them that to their face. Yeah, yeah. And, I don't know, it's, like, everything's been really good lately. And I'm feeling good. 
Where did you get in where you feel like you're my like, therapist and I've just like reaffirmed that I'm not going like to go home and kill a, myself. I feel like you need a therapist. I like we do. should do this more often without a <laughs> my, and like I, if I could prescribe you We should do therapy sessions would. on the podcast. I'll give you my all. I don't do care. You, do you you, you want to know why I stopped going to therapy realistically? Why? It became so Pavlovian for me. What's to, that mean? Uh, like you know Pavlov um, nope. when a dog uh, would he he would ring a bell in a dog's ear every time he would eat food and so then eventually when he would ring the bell the dog would start to salivate. So They'd be like, you're fucking up. Like, well, no, it, it, I just like got so used to crying in therapy <laughs> that like as soon as I fucking saw the office, I would start to cry. Like as soon as I saw the therapist's face, I would start to cry. Like, and I was like, man, this shit is making everything worse. Like, this is not working for me. This is just making me like instead of ignoring my sadness, I feel like it's just making me sad. Well, yeah. yeah, for sure. So I was like, fuck therapy. Uh, but it was good. I learned a lot, you know, and mm-hmm. I feel like. Uh, and I feel like it was like my it was like a college course in psychology. So now I can like pretend that I'm like a dime store psychologist. Like, oh, you know, you, all the questions to ask to really get oh, the fucking. Yeah. Oh, you're depressed now. Like, let's talk about this. But the, honestly, in the last two years, the only time that I've been like super depressed, I was really, really depressed the week I paid taxes. Oh, yeah. Being an ind- like being a, a freelance person or an independent person who's not paying like a regular W-2 tax season is mad depressing. It was legitimately like everything I had left in my bank account. <laughs> Dog, the first year that I went freelance and was not like getting W-2s, I was getting 1099s. Like I was fucked when tax season came around. Like I did not know that I was supposed to put away that much money for taxes. It's so it, much money. It's crazy. I gave $15,000 to the government. I don't even, this isn't even my country. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I fucking, yeah. You gotta put away like half of every check just in case it's so whack dude uh it was really really sad like i think i that was the last time i cried really you don't you don't cry a lot (laughs) no yeah but when you do it's probably really wait let me think oh maybe like uh if i'm really drunk and pmsing and it's like that perfect like pinnacle of drunkness and pms yeah i can cry yeah but it's like over some dumb shit it'll be like you didn't fucking you didn't help me get the base of laser tech like do you even love me (laughs) (laughs) Um, how, how Do was, you care about my score? How was the move to LA? Where'd you move to first? Uh, the first place I lived was Oakwoods, Where's which that? is uh, the like child star place where not Corey Corey Haim died. Yeah, and uh, like Wu Tang used to live there, and like all these people, it's where the label puts you. Yeah, it was they were paying like three grand a month for like a room like that's this size. What's this like eight? 12 by 12 I don't know with like a bed that came out of the out of the wall out of the wall there was a pool that was cool but yeah. I don't know I was it was all child stars and I I looked I think I still look young but I looked very very young at that time I looked about 17 when I first came out here so all like the little kids would hit on me and then the girls would like gossip about me they're like what's up bitch I'm on the Disney channel what's really good yeah that's tight or like I'd be like walk by and like I'd feel them all staring and like mm. whispering and I was like this is I, this is everything from high school I didn't get to experience. Yeah, that's funny. So it was like a little fraternity of child celebs. Yeah. Interesting. It was dope. I started selling them weed. That's cool. Because I was like, you're not going to get it from anyone else. You're underage. I wish you had a story about making out with either Zach or Cody from Zach and Cody's Sweet Life. Oh, aren't they I'd, like eight? No, nah, I think they're like grown-ups now. I'd make out with Justin Bieber. Can one, I just throw that out there? One got really fat and one got really skinny. Um, that's pretty great. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I mean, yeah, but who wouldn't make out with Justin Bieber? All the people who live there that I still talk to, like, um, like it's right across the street from the film school. Mm-hmm. So, like, the first time that I met, like, these, like, group of, like, 17-year-olds, it was, like, Kitty Pride was sleeping in my 
in my room because yeah. like she didn't have anywhere to crash. She was on our podcast. She's a nice. Gal. I love her. She's great. She's amazing. Yeah, yeah. She was sleeping in my room because she just got off a plane and fucking. I was like, all right, I'm just gonna go to the playground and like I was just like sitting out there with like a full bottle of wine, drinking with weed, and these girls come up to me and I was just like, they're like, are is that smell like weed? Are you smoking weed? And then I was like, yeah. And I was like, hold you. They're like 17. I was like, do you want it? <laughs> And I just gave it to them. And they're these film girls now, and they still hit me up and get drugs. That's tight. I just, like, really want them to, like, be really good in film, and I feel like you need drugs. So, does L.A. feel like home yet? Does it feel like home? No, New York feels like home. home? New York feels like home? Just because it's so crowded and you just blend in. Yeah. Yeah, and I love it. I love love everything about New York. I used to walk a lot. I'd walk, like, 150 blocks. Uh, Like, I'd walk home from studio, and I I had studio in Long Island. Wow. So, like, I'd get off, and I lived uh, 145th Street, Harlem. It would take me sometimes, like, nine hours. Wow. It was really good, though. It was so fucking calming, and uh, I just loved thinking. Thinking is so good. But, like, L.A., there's nowhere that you can just go and think, I feel like. L.A. is a think-in-the-car town. You gotta, yeah, I you, hate that. You, you got to drive around and think. That's I don't drive. You don't drive? No, Do Kevin li- drives me everywhere. Do you have a license? No. No, no, no. Have would you, you get in a car with me? No. I would. I dr- I'm like always high. Oh. When would I drive? Yeah. Or like, or drinking. I'd, the only place I ever go is like two places I'm going to drink maybe. Yeah. So you self-medicate? Not really. I do it mostly for fun now. Even like, yeah, I only but do I it mean, for fun. I mean, you just said you're always high. Yeah, so especially studio. Like if I'd, I'd thinking like where I'd drive myself, I'd drive myself to studio, then I'd be stoned, and then I'd yeah have to call someone to come get me in my car because like I get really high. I don't know if other people get that high. Uh, Do you get really high? I don't smoke weed anymore. I, oh. quit, I quit when I was like twenty four. I'm, oh. I'm like an old square. I don't really drink. You're like twenty seven. Me? No, I'll be thirty three <laughs> next month, and I don't usually admit my age, but I'll be thirty three next month. But yeah, no, I quit when I was twenty four, and then I quit uh, smoking two months ago, and I don't really drink. And people think that I'm like in the AA program now or something, but it's not really the case. I just think I'm an asshole when I drink. Like I tell bad, I tell really fucking dickish jokes when I'm when I'm drunk. I've been to AA. Have you? Do you drink? Did stuff? you have you ever gone to AA? I haven't. Oh, I went there. No, they made me go when I was in group homes. Yeah. And it was like a really good spot to buy weed. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. Did you participate? Or were you one of the people going like, I'm not an alcoholic. I just have to be here. No, like they legit just like make you like everyone at the group home has to go to an addiction program. Yeah. Yeah. So that even was if you chose. have one or not. Yeah. I don't know. I think it I was have, fun. I, th- I liked listening to people's worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I love hearing people's fucked up stories. Yeah. Like, I can tell you just drag my life out of me. <laughs> No, but I don't know. I think I have like alcoholic tendencies that just haven't re- that I don't allow to like uh, really come out as much. But it runs in my family, and so I just I don't want to fuck with alcohol as an adult anymore. I'm like over oh, it. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I do, I make really bad choices. Neither of my parents drink, so I'm like in the fucking clear. Really? Yeah. Well, they just gave all of their latent alcoholism to you, apparently. I'm not an alcoholic. I don't drink often. Mm. I, well, I I like. I like wine a lot lately, which I've never liked wine. Because you're growing up. I don't even like the taste of it. I just think it's like, it's all right to drink all the time mm. and people don't judge you. <laughs> you're like, oh, I have this wine in a can. Girls are always talking about wine. Yeah. I can fit right in here. There you go. Now you're like a fancy Start West Hollywood chick. gin Bloody Marys. People look at you weird. They're like, you shouldn't have one of those every day. Is that better than a vodka Bloody Mary? It is. It disappears completely. No shit. I was, uh, I've 
every party I go to because they have all the free shit. Yeah. You know, all the L.A. free stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's the great thing about Like, if you are a drinker in L.A., there's always a free party where there's an open bar somewhere. Yeah. At those parties, and I... All you gotta do is RSVP or be somebody. Yeah. It's so easy. It's... I love those. Mm-hmm. But you go there and I drink... I get, like, a... Because the lines are crazy, usually. Yeah. I get, like, three quarters gin and, like, one quarter Bloody Mary mix and you mm-hmm. can't taste the gin and I don't know why. That's strange. It's really good for yeah. you. Yeah. So, what's up next for you? Like, is the uh-huh. label thing working out? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we just had a bunch of wheels start turning. So That's great. It's really, I'm really excited, yeah, honestly. I, I, I fucking ma- went the last, like, four songs that I wrote with yeah. uh, with DJ Nobody, yeah. your guys' uh, buddy. Yeah, Elvin. I just called him. Or I was texting him really late last night. I was like, I'm rewriting every single verse. Yeah. Oh, really? Because, <laughs> like, that's how motivated I am, where I just, like, I just... Yeah, it was kind of this weird serendipitous thing uh, getting you on the show, because I started seeing Elvin post about Elvin. you. Elvin. DJ Nobody. I started seeing him post about you on Instagram, and I went, oh, yeah, I, I remember that girl. Like, I've always... I, I like, watched your music videos. Like I'm familiar, I'm vaguely familiar with like your aesthetic, and, and I've always thought that you're like a pretty good um, songwriter. And I do pretty rem- good, killing it. No, no, no. That, <laughs> hey, that's a, that's that's high praise coming from me. Like I, I'm just saying, like I've I've always see. Been, that's why I want to put out the new stuff because yeah. then you'd be like, you're like the Beatles. No, no, no. That sounded like a backhanded compliment. I I'm mean, just you kidding. are you are a good songwriter. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. And and. Uh, but I did see like all the internet hating shit going on because like because so I used to go like I said I used to be on this website like mcbattles.com where I would see that they had a rap forum and they would be like Nova Rockefeller and there would be these long threads about like oh fuck her or like oh this is Titan you guys are haters it was very polarizing and I was kind of on the like positive side I was like nah this girl's talented and she looks good and she's got a good aesthetic and like this can go somewhere you're probably like I throw it in her ass come on her face the I, internet's I, scary I don't fuck with the butthole like that but um I did so no, I don't I didn't say that because I'm not a Yeah, the internet's harasser. always been very weird to yeah, me. Yeah, it's polarizing. And, and, and it is what it is, but that's good because you you should want people to be polarized rather than just everybody be like, oh, it's good, or, or everybody being like, oh, it's bad. never bothered me, ever. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, my point is, with that long ramble, is that it became serendipitous because then... Uh, Jensen, your manager, uh, his podcast partner brought me up on their podcast, and I, and then I saw that he manages you, and then I went on his podcast. I was like, "Oh, yeah, you, this all works out. Let's have her on my podcast," and it was great. And so here you are, and then we got your whole life story out, and now you're going to perform for us, right? I forgot that was even happening. You just made my stomach jump. Oh no! But it's I think easy. I know the words. We'll be Ra- fine. Rapping is so easy, you know. You we'll just be do fine. it. Yeah, you'll be fine. What song are you going to do? Do you know? I don't really remember. Do you know? No, no, I don't. <laughs> Come on, dude. How am I, I think it's to problem. Probably problem. Okay, so we're going to rap problem live. That'll be fun. Are you going to stare at me the whole time? I have to film you so you won't see me staring. Oh, I'm being filmed? Oh, yeah. You're not going to do it here on this. I was really stoked about this part. Okay, okay. I'm no, down. Yeah, it's better. It'll sound even better over there. Don't worry. You'll you'll do fine. And people are going to be like, <sighs> I oh, have panic yeah. attacks. Yeah, same. I, I get anxiety. <laughs> the older I get, the more anxiety I get. It's terrible. But anyways. It's true. Yeah. And you start to realize that everyone's a shitbag, so you're like, oh, great. Yeah. Makes the world you harder. Really, yeah. You got to stop thinking everyone's a shitbag. I think that's where all your problems are Okay, well, like, uh, most people aren't shit. Well, most people are shitbags, but yeah. there is a fraction. I think uh, once you and I, as common cancers, learn to trust people, I think we'll, we'll both feel better about life. <laughs> you know? Yes. So anyways... Uh, Thank you for coming on, and I appreciate Thanks. I appreciate you opening up. And I know that I like I I dig I dig my claws in, and I try. I to wish get I would have told more jokes. No, you were funny. You were entertaining. Don't worry about it. You were, I really? Because I thought the whole thing was just pathetic and depressing. But you laughed about it, and so they sounded like jokes. <laughs> 
But uh, tell the people where they can find you online. Nova Rockefeller on everything. It's you should just, probably try to spell that for people. It's spelled like rock, R-O-C-K. Nova A- is N-O-V-A. Feller. Rock, R-O-C-K. A F E L L E R. Yeah. Okay. So on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, everything. everything. The marketing team just went in and cleaned all that up. <laughs> there you go. So it's very streamlined. You guys can find her on YouTube. She has some great videos on there, and she's a pretty good songwriter. No, I'm just kidding. Pretty she's good. a good songwriter, and I think that. Uh, and you can find all my old Reverb Nation and MySpace pages to oh, hear how snap. shitty I was in the Wow, past. Reverb Nation. I used to be up on SoundClick. <laughs> how about that? You oh, remember? yeah. I got some shit on SoundClick yeah. back when I was Epidemic. Yeah, I actually, <laughs> the first place that I was posting music back in the late 90s, early 2000s was um, at, like Acid Pro. Had a, they had a They had a forum, and we would like have MC battles on there. Like, dude, I'm old, bro. I've been doing this for a long time. Oh, You're yeah. vintage. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, but anyhow, my name is Lee. You guys can follow me on Twitter at It's Intuition. You can follow my man behind the boards, Ben Shim, making the shit sound buttery at I Am Database, based with two S's. Follow us as a unit on at That's Kind of Neat, YouTube.com slash That's Kind of Neat, where we're going to see Nova Rockefeller perform Problem. Is it Problem or Problems? Because according to this problem. podcast, it should be plural. I think it's problem. Problem. Okay. Uh, and then facebook.com slash kind of neat. Subscribe to us on the podcast app. Review us. Leave a five-star rating. Tell us who you want to see on the show. Blah, blah, blah. That was Blah, Nova, blah, blah. That was Noah Rockefeller. My name is Lee. I'm sorry I didn't tell more jokes. She didn't tell any jokes, but it was still kind of neat. <laughs> Thank you. That was good.